to The Future Starts With You, where we explore career readiness initiatives with the people doing the real work in the field, from the classroom to administrators, industry, and beyond. I'm Jewel Alderson, and our work at the San Diego County Office of Education is focused on ensuring all students have a future without boundaries. We're excited to have you with us today, because like the title says, the future starts with you. Today we're here with Sarah Burns from the San Diego Workforce Partnership uh, to talk about workforce development. Welcome, Sarah. Yay. Hi, Jewel. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Awesome. So excited to be here with you. All right. Well, I'm excited because uh, it turns out I am a labor market kind of nerd when I when I got kind of to a point where I was doing a lot of career readiness work and realized there's this amazing resource uh, in our community who just studies uh, the workforce and tells us about it. it uh, all of a sudden, I'm the one who's like, ooh, the reports are coming out in October and I can't wait. Uh, so I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, but maybe for our audience, can you tell us more about San Diego Workforce Partnership? Yeah, of course. And of course, the labor market nerd is something we share. Yes. Um, we are the workforce development entity for the city and the county of San Diego. So at the highest level, our job is to take funding from the federal government and get it into the community to help people to upskill and reskill and get reemployed if they're laid off, things like that. We run career centers, we have training programs, all kinds of things. And our research team, as robust as it is, is actually pretty unique in the nation. And the amount of resources and time that we put into studying our labor market is really one of the things that we value the most and sets us apart from other similar agencies. So we have a research team, a chief economist and several other economists who are constantly looking at different industries or occupations or populations of people to say what is happening in our local economy and how do we make sure that we use this information to inform not only the programs that we're creating and the way that we're serving our community, but publish this information in a way that others can use it as well? Fantastic. Now, a lot of people don't start thinking about the workforce and work until after they graduate high school and or college and or their master's degree and or their doctorate. And a lot of times uh, kind of just wait until it's time to get a job in order to figure out what they want to do. So I'm curious, uh, in your perspective, what is the role of our K-12 system in the field of workforce development? Of course. So workforce development is a really reactive field where when people become disconnected from work and school and they've lost their way, that's where we swoop in and say, okay, let's solve the problem. Let's get you reconnected. What we've been trying to do more recently is be proactive and partner with our K-12 institutions to say, well, what if we could get students to understand who they are and how they can connect to the world of work, get them exposed to all of the variety of opportunities that are there, all of the pathways that are available after high school, and make them feel like there are so many opportunities for success that failure isn't even a question. The OECD is one of my favorite sources for that research. Um, that's the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. It's an international organization that studies um, a whole bunch of countries. You can look it up and see what the member nations are, but they have data sets from around the world and looked at longitudinal studies that see what kind of career exploration and exposure students had in early grades and how that affects their outcomes later on in life. 
So a lot of what we do really focuses on on drawing from that research in the way that we interact and the way that we encourage schools to support students in both exploring and experiencing and having conversations with adults about their future. Perfect. Um, I think a lot of the information that you give is great because not only does it help our students explore careers, but there's this magical thing that you guys do that actually kind of predicts the growth of jobs. So first I'll say that magic is actually the government's magic. And (laughs) we are just really adept at wrangling the data that the state and federal government gather through surveys um, of employers and employees about our labor market and packaging it in a way that is really digestible for our community um, or leveraging tools that help us to do that. So one that I'd say is really useful for the San Diego region is a tool that we support that's at workforce.org slash career coach. And you can look up any occupation and get data specific to the San Diego region. And that's everything from what the wages are through the course of that career from the beginning to experienced level to information from live job postings about what employers are hiring and what skills they're looking for, the number of annual openings that we're expecting in the near future. And you can use that information to build your problem statement, essentially. You, when you're writing these grant applications, you need to be able to say, here is the issue. There are 500 openings expected for this occupation in our region. And there are, you can even see how many programs are training, though you can't see the number of people completing, but we do have access to that information. So if you need it, you can also always reach out to us. Um, but you can say there are this many positions open in our region. You can also go to our website at workforce.org slash research, where we have our fuller labor market reports. Those, it depends on what you're focusing on. Um, we, we publish lots of different industries, primarily our priority sectors we focus on, and different occupations within them. We have a big report that just came out on behavioral health, for example. So if you're interested in creating a behavioral health pathway, which we would definitely recommend because there's a huge need for it, then you can take that report look at at least the overview or all like 90 pages and get really useful data to say why is this important and why does our region need it to justify whatever program you're trying to create. So we try and put those tools out there in digestible formats for you. Absolutely. I think that's been one of my uh, favorite things that uh, I have spouted workforce.org slash reports for many years uh, because you not only have really thorough reports that have pages and pages of data and tell you how many job openings there will be versus what the current scenario is so that as educators, we can work to fill the gap between uh, our current labor market and what we expect. But you also have these little two-pagers or posters and things that we can actively use in our classroom. So I wonder if you could uh, tell our audience a little bit about the resources that you have that aren't just for all that technical grant writing Yeah, and that's really what my work focuses on now. My first five years at the organization, I was really focused on producing that research. Now it's about taking that research and packaging it in ways that people can use it and learn with it. And so if you go to workforce.org slash posters, that's where you can find not only posters, but some two-pagers with some information about priority sectors. You can find an amazing essential skills rubric that Jules' team and my team worked on together. And that's a wonderful tool for preparing students in the non-technical 
um, arenas, helping them to understand the skills that they already have and use language around that to explain what they're bringing to the world of work. And I would also say um, workforce.org slash my next move is another resource. That's where we've tried to take those sort of 40 page PDFs and distill them into something that's interactive and online where you can learn about the priority sectors, what we call priority jobs, which are the really key jobs in those sectors that have high opportunity. And also some profiles of people who are in the world of work and it shows their journey in a more unique way so that people can get a sense of point A to point B could look a bunch of different ways. You could start in different places, you can end in different places and everybody's still only in the middle of their journey. I wonder if you could uh, tell me a little bit about your journey and what took you uh, into this space at Workforce Partnership. Um, And then also just what are something that you love about the job that you're in now? Absolutely. So I started my professional career as a high school math teacher in New York City. And I absolutely love that job. And I love my students and I love my community. And also I was really burnt out after five years in that position. And I was frustrated working within a system that felt like it was always failing us and failing the students. And I needed some space to think about how do I support these students and families in a way where I'm making an impact um, that feels more substantial. And so I went on this journey to figure out what that looks like next. And I've done nonprofit work on the side as well and done camp director and youth development work and all kinds of things there. Um, And I ended up here in San Diego and doing some work for a nonprofit, designing a volunteer program for corporations. Um, I worked at Trader Joe's for a little while. I did some babysitting. And then I found my way to a startup data visualization company that did work for nonprofits and did project management there. And then on each step of the way, there was someone who said, hey, this is what you should do next. This opportunity is there, go. And was sort of my guiding light in helping me to navigate what you do when you're not a teacher. Uh, And I found my way to the workforce partnership in this research role where all of a sudden it made sense that, okay, for me, if I want my students to be able to engage in the classroom in the way that they are capable of engaging, without all of the baggage that is they are coming in with, then we need parents who don't have to work three or four jobs in order to get food on the table and who are able to support the students in the way they want to. And so for me, workforce development is about supporting the whole family. I love that your journey is, you know, you started, you know, as a classroom teacher and there's a lot of burnout and, you know, one of the things that sometimes burns us out in the classroom too is like, what's, what are we doing for students and, and what's the point and how do we help them become successful? And sometimes we get lost in the standards and the testing and all those kinds of things. And so one of the things that this podcast, the work that we do um, is about is changing mindsets around what is the purpose of a K-12 education? The really important thing that we need to look at is how do we prepare our students for that future without boundaries? Yeah. The question I like to ask teachers is tell me about the most impactful teacher you had growing up and why were they the most impactful? And very rarely do they say, um, Miss Burns was my favorite teacher because she taught me the Pythagorean theorem. 
people have memories of their impactful teachers because they saw them for who they were. They believed in them. They supported them. They prepared them. They helped them learn something about the world. And more and more, my perspective is that education is workforce development, not in the way that we're churning people out to, you know, in an assembly line to just fill the needs of the economy, but that we're preparing them to engage in a world where work is a reality for just about everyone. They will be engaging in it. And so helping them to be prepared for navigating that. There's um, a framework that we use that we call our workforce Ikigai, and that's spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. You go to workforce.org slash Ikigai, you can see some videos that explain that. But essentially, it's a four-part Venn diagram that looks at how to navigate and think about where you are right now, where you want to be, where you've come from, and where to focus on making that decision when you don't know where to go next. And we talk about what you love as being a component of that, what you can be paid for, so the labor market information informing that, what you need, which is one that people commonly say, whoa, I always think about what employers need from me, but I never think about what I need from them. And then what employers need. So there we're talking about skills, we're talking about certifications, sort of those technical things, the essential skills, of course, as well. Well, I, t- I talk also a lot about Ikigai. And for those of you who are listening, it's actually a Japanese term and it means reason for being. And we want, I, I use it in the framework of, of your purpose. Like how do you find your purpose and how do you find your reason for being? And we have the same uh, framework within that. Um, but one of the things I like to say is like you just said, it's, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? First of all, kids don't have the menu in front of them because the menu is infinite right? They could be so many things and many of them don't even exist yet because by the time they grow up, our economy will change. Um, secondly, it's it's not really uh, a very valuable exercise to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because uh, it's going to change. And so one of the things that I like to ask instead is what problem do you want to solve? And you can flip that over and say instead, what problem do you want to solve first? And it really opens people's mindsets. It's much less of a threat uh, or a frightening question of, wow, I have to make a decision. And instead, when you say, what problems do you want to solve first? Students start thinking about what are the things in the universe that they can have an impact on and what are the careers that do that? Um, You know, I think it's really exciting to explore all the resources at Workforce Partnership because it helps to unveil all the opportunities that our students can have and give them the ability to make those informed decisions about their future. And I always think as an educator, I can only give students what I have. And if I don't have awareness about my economy, as when I was an early in my education career, you know, I came through school, I went back into school to continue to teach other people in school. I didn't have perspective on the rest of the economy. I didn't know a whole lot about what the opportunities were out there, except for the ones where maybe I had friends working in that field or that I'd been exposed to growing up. So having the step back and now my main focus being on our economy, finding ways as an educator to tap into those. And it doesn't mean you need to know all of these facts. It doesn't mean you need to have all the answers. But it means you need to know about the tools at your disposal to help get students connected. And that's where the workforce partnership can help. 
if they're interested in something saying, I don't know, but you know where we can go to find out? Let, let's go look together. Or being able to say when they ask, why are we learning this? You know, helping to guide them towards some answers, helping them to, like Jewel, you said, say, well, what problem do you want to solve? And then figure out why you're learning this. I think those are the really powerful tools to be able to inspire students and connect them with their future. Well, this has been a really exciting conversation, Sarah. And um, I think that that's a good kind of closing moment to really think about um, those of you who are listening, what steps can you take to bring these tools to your students, to use these tools as you plan new programs, as you plan your lesson plan for tomorrow, and as you help your students plan their future. And so again, workforce.org is San Diego's uh, San Diego Workforce Partnerships website. If you're listening from outside of our county, you can look up your workforce investment board in your region. Oh, Sarah's going to give us a better way. Used to be called Workforce Investment Board. You can look up your Workforce Development Board in your region and see what they have to offer, or even look at your state agency that does labor market data. Depending on what state you are, it will be packaged differently and presented differently, but the data exists in all 50 states. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. I'm sure uh, we'll hear from you again uh, if this podcast picks up forever. Uh, I appreciate the time that you spent, and I definitely appreciate and value the work that you've done to bring workforce to our K-12 space. It's been my pleasure. Always a joy, Jewel. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode. If you have questions about this episode, career readiness in general, or would be interested in being a guest on the podcast, check out the show notes. We would love to hear from you. The work you are doing makes a real impact. So keep up the good work until next time, because as you know, the future starts with you.